0: The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of loudspeaker networks, its employees, sponsors, or affiliates. This is Loudspeaker.
1: We are truly living through the most interesting of times, and it becomes essential that we give ourselves tools that help us gain strength, resilience, and return to a place of love within ourselves. My guest tonight is Don Jose Ruiz, who has carried on the beautiful ancient Toltec traditions of his father, Don Miguel Ruiz, author of The Four Agreements. Don Jose is a Toltec master of transformation and a modern-day shaman. In this episode, we talk about the many issues that are facing us right now at this time in our lives. There is a way for us to transcend these circumstances in our lives, and Don Miguel shows us the way. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. It's wonderful to have you here, Don Jose. Just welcoming you to the Spark.
0: Thank you, thank you for inviting me. Very happy to to be able to be participating. So, l-
1: tell me a little bit about growing up, learning about Toltec traditions.
0: I grew up with my father and grandmother and, and mother. So, in our, in our home was very the indigenous tradition of the Toltec and the in the Aztec of the Olmecas, Mexican, and also Catholic. Because that's what came in the tradition. So I was very much raised around that magic. And my grandmother was an old healer, a curandera. So for us, it was very much normal to, to be growing up with, with the magic around, with the, the herbs, the healings, the, the shamanic rituals. It was part of our, our tradition. And me and my brother grew up in a modern times with modern pop culture. So I remember when we were little, and we got into the, the Wonder Years, all those good 80 movies and all the good music. So my father started teaching us in a modern tradition to get our attention. Because, you know, when you're little, you just want to go and be part of life. And I this was a good point because my father started to translate the message of the Toltec in whatever thing that we like to hook our attention. And that's something that I took very much since an early age. Doesn't matter what you believe in. The thing is that the magic is there; that it can be find a host, like our energy can find a host, because that's what we really are.
1: Beautiful, yes, absolutely. And there's truly a universal truth, right, that goes throughout traditions. If we tap in and tap into the divine within those traditions,
0: yes, absolutely. Because uh, everybody is working for the same boss, which is light, life, life, and love. Which, like the old Egyptians, the sacred ones used to believe that you know the sun, the sun is our creator. And also in the Totec tradition. So we know that we're more than the physical body. But I get again, this physical body permits us to say thank you to Mother Earth, because this is belongs to planet Earth. This is like part of the mother. So we are the energy that is in that containing. So that's the beautiful thing about creating in the Totec tradition. And by the way, that's what the Totec means. It means artists. Oh. We're here to put our energy into everything that we create. That's why sometimes it's so beautiful when we see, you know, like my sister, she's right now cooking and she's cooking with a lot of love. So she's not only putting the ingredients of the kitchen there, she's putting her love. Like my father, when you read the four agreements, it feels like he t- he made that book just for you. You know, that's what I felt. But no, he just put his love. So that's what I love about the art of life, that everything that we put in our energy, we put a piece of us there.
1: What do you remember, Don Jose, that really impacted you? We're probably similar ages. I grew up in the 80s as well. And so what was it that really touched you at first? What do you remember that kind of opened you up or, you know, became kind of that portal for you?
0: Well, one, one ceremony that I went with my father when I was around 15, we went to New Mexico, to Santa Fe, New Mexico. That was a big bonfire. And in that bonfire, they made a whole ceremony, but the ceremony was over. And then after an hour and a half, my father came to pick me up. And I remember asking my father this question. Father, the, the thing that we see that inspire us is just to inspire us because everything is sacred, huh? As I said, from the pyramids, from the cathedrals, from the sacred lands, everything is sacred land. the thing is to just like hook us to get our attention to open ourselves up, isn't it? Because everything is a vortex. And he just smiled and did this to me. But ever since like that, you know, I noticed that, you know, wherever we are, we belong there. Because that's where we're opening a vortex. It's like putting a seed into the soil ground. So that's what I I really learned from that point. Because I learned that I was meditating with eyes open. Because at one point we meditated with eyes closed. But when we with eyes open, it doesn't matter where we're at. We're putting our energy there. We're perceiving. We're drinking in. And we're like being the next because we're creating from that. So that's what I, I really felt in that moment that we all work for the same boss. And when we sabotage ourselves, is that we're hurting life and, and we're hurting ourselves. And, and that's what the, the duality became for me. You know, love Jose or hurt Jose and then sacrifice the artistic way that I was. You know, it took me a long time to learn, but I remember that was the beginning of my Totec training because in the Totec tradition, there's nothing to learn but to unlearn what takes our inspiration away.
1: Yes, Yeah. I really resonate with that, that sense of like our life is our prayer and that we can go through it, right, with eyes open. And then just living becomes then the sacred art.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I love what you say that life is a prayer because we're praying all the time. That's the beautiful thing about life. We're doing this beautiful, you know, a place of inspiration that uh, my prayer that I make in life is may life protect me from myself to not open old patterns, old habits that were negative, but to be aware of them when they come. So in, in prayer mode, you know, we use the word with impeccable, that's the first agreement, the, but we use it as a form of power because that's like our mantra. Like uh, I remember when I used to do mantras when I came back from India and I used to say Om Namah Shivaya and Om Vishayogatran And my dad one day said to me, what does that mean? So I got all knowledge, you know, all intellectual with him. But he goes, but what does that mean? And then I go, I do not know. He goes, you're hiding behind another tradition you're corrupting another tradition to hide from your own. So I want you to do this now. So he said, "Okay, I don't have time to be afraid. I don't have time to be nervous, even though I was feeling it." He had me do that 108 times in the in the mala, in the rosary necklace, and then you know, then after I what I've learned, you know, he goes, "Oh, good. Now you can go back to the India traditions and say it, but now you say it with respect." And but I tell you, with the moment that I begin feeling the the habit of that saying, I'm judging myself. You know, and, and I said, I don't have time to be victim. I don't have time to feel sorry for myself. I don't have time to enable myself this time. And I tell you, sister, when 108 times, by the time it was 68, I was feeling it. Oh, I was getting stuck in a dream and I was ready to create a dream over a reaction. And that's what gives me a little things because one thing that I learned in life is that we're always feeling the emotion, the nervous, the irritations, everything will still be there, but how we feed it is how it ends or it continues.
1: Well, and that reminds me of that that old tale that says something about that we have two wolves within us. One is the negative aspect of us and one is the positive. And the one that becomes the strongest is the one that we feed or the one that we give our attention to.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I love that metaphor a lot because, you know, we can feed our victimization or we can feed our power. And, and the beautiful thing about this is the same thing about Life is how many traditions uh, corrupt the vortex, because vortex is not a place or location. Vortex is a state of mind. And with this two whole story, we can open or close a vortex by stop feeding, you know, thoughts that are not even real because everything's an illusion. But, you know, what illusion makes us fun? What illusion makes us open our heart that we forget about time? And those are the ones that I want to hang out, even though it's going to vanish like an incense but the thing is to enjoy it before it's gone. And that's why we cannot waste our time being mad at people that we love or over grudges that, that they don't make sense. It's the illusion that gets us. So the moment that we begin seeing this is like my stepmother before she passed away. She was teaching this this tradition. Imagine loving everybody like they were your own children. No matter what they're doing, they're just playing. They don't know what they're doing. They're action-reaction with emotion. And it comes from the biggest world leaders, to the smallest companies, to the smallest families, you know, and in, in everything that exists. But the important thing is that when you cut onto that illusion, it will reappear, reappear, reappear. The beautiful thing is that we begin, you know, respecting fear. Why? Because respecting fear makes us aware that our body is communicating to us. So when we respect fear, the real fear, not the one created in our head, you know, the real fear, we can be at service to the body. And here's where I'm coming from. This is what happens in life. We're service to life, like the little angel holding Guadalupe or the little tiger holding the the Indian goddess. We're that energy that is here to protect the love of our life, which is ourselves.
1: I I love that, that whole piece of holding on to fear, not fear of the mind, but that, yes, like what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, we have that fight or flight response when our our bodies are telling us something, our body wisdom says something. And so that's the fear that we want to make sure that we tune into that, right? And, And we listen to that signal, but we let go of these constructs of the mind, the fear constructs. And what an important time to really be aware of that message right now because so many people on our planet right now are experiencing heightened levels of fear and anxiety.
0: Yes, and both wolves are hungry. Both wolves are hungry. They, they want to be fed. The important thing is, is what we're feeding. And right in this time, it's the time to be skeptical, but learn to listen. You know, not to lose ourselves in reaction, but to see the creation of a dream that's creating itself. So when we're skeptical of our own negativity, we begin being skeptical of other people's negativity. Like when people lie about, you know, our culture or saying bad things about us, you know, why would we take it personal? like Father says when we know it's not real? But if we use that against ourselves, then we make the, the lies a truth in our belief system. And that's when the infection begins happening. But, you know, when we stand in our ground and we're just honest with ourselves and truthful, even though sometimes it feels uncomfortable to say the truth to ourselves, But when we do that, it's because of respect, because we're not going to lose precious time in an illusion that doesn't serve us. And that's where I'm coming from now. Time is the most precious thing. So right now, this is what helps me a lot. If I'm going to go home or pass away in a year, why would I want to sacrifice this year that I have over the illusion that is not real over some other people's fights? And that's something that we begin sacrificing ourselves because we begin feeling guilt and shame for other people's problems. And then we become addicted to fix other people's problems when they're not our own. And then they ask us, how do you feel? And they go, well, I feel terrible because like a person on television says, that's not your problem, that's their problems. Because right here, we're not here to save anybody. We're here to enjoy life, not to take it too seriously. And when you come back to life, you can see the poisons. If it have a substance that you know, poisoned you to live life, Or was romantic relationships that were corrupted to abuse life, or it was even food. You know, we begin seeing it. What am I doing? So from this point on, the two wolves that you mentioned are very identified. So now it comes service. And after everything we have learned, it's service time, especially in this time that you said, it's time of (laughs) feeling.
1: Will you share with us how do we step back from the fear? You know, how can we start to not identify with what's going on out here that we really have no control over anyway? What would you suggest as a starting point for people to start stepping away from that and feeding the wolf that will bring us that sense of aliveness and joy and connection?
0: Is stepping into an old tradition, the the yoga not of the body of movement but the yoga of inner mind. Because all about yoga is to get comfortable in the uncomfortableness. And how many times do we see someone in a dance yoga class doing this crazy pose and the mind says, I can never do that. Well, to see all our lies in our head, it's a crazy pose to think that we can survive all the self judgment So we begin getting comfortable in our way of thinking. Thinking, is this real? Is this really real? We begin asking questions, not for anybody outside to debate them. No, we ask ourselves the questions to ourselves and all lies will react and find a but, 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 but the truth will not have a but. We'll always have the exact truth because it will stay clear. So honesty is what I I share. When you're honest with yourself, you know, you're responsible for your own life, not for anybody else's. You don't get entangled with other people's negativity because people are only fighting themselves. When people say negative things, when people disrespect people, they're only asking for help in this world. But if we take them personal, well, it's because we're asking for help too. So we have two wounded people asking for help battling each other. And this is when we begin seeing, oh, all life is not about good and evil. It's about truth and lies created by the wounded and unwounded. So we can see if we're wounded. We'll take everything personal. When we come wounded, we can begin see. So it's a personal journey, sister. Everybody has to be honest about what they're feeding and what they're not feeding. Like you said earlier about the wolves. The moment that one begins feeding something that, you know, makes her heart live happier, that's the way to go. But if you identify that you're feeding negativity, then that's the thing that we have to tackle and stop. Because it, there is an addiction in the world. And before we get to substance, it's the addiction of suffering. And this is what creates all this action reaction to live blindly in a world, you know, that is about the world of the gods, the world of egos, the world of greed and self-power. But when we know that time is the most precious thing in the world, how are we going to lose that? And it's a little story that I have to share about one of the friends that I met who used to drive in Mexico. I got to be driven by this beautiful man, and he said that he once gave a ride to one of the most powerful people in Mexico. And you know he was driving. The person rolled down his window inside the car and began asking the questions to the driver. And then they had a beautiful conversation that the other person felt comfortable with the driver. So they passed a the mountain and they saw this man with a sheep in the mountains, sitting in his chair, you know, drinking his drink. And he said to the driver, "Who do you think is richer, him or me?" Of course, the driver said, "Of course you, sir. You're the one who's more powerful and richer, you know." I may have all these companies, I may have all these dreams that I fulfilled that had life of their own, but I deal with a lot of people. I have to wear masks. People don't even respect me. Look at that person. He has time. There's no one pulling on him. Even the chief respect him. They follow him. And they all live in paradise. Me, I always am worried about who's going to scam me, who's gonna pull a fast one on me. I'm never resting. I don't have time. That person has time. So that story gave me the awareness, you know. Time is the most precious thing we have. Time with our loved ones. Time with ourselves. And when we have this, we charge. And this is how we can get comfortable in the uncomfortableness by respecting our time and respecting our fear. That way we can see our whole belief system in the table and we can like it and we keep it. But if we don't like it, we can remove things.
1: Thank you for that. That story
0: is so wonderful.
1: Mm. Is part of the shamanic work ways that we can remove some of the negative?
0: Yes, because shamanic is an art. It's a metaphor. Many people take it as superstitious and obsession, but no, shamanism is a is a metaphor to be an open channel, a canal abierto in Latin. That means that everybody is an open channel to perceive the light, to come inside the mind, to get inspired, and come out. Just like the hummingbird, the hummingbird is very sacred animal. Why? Because it collects nectar and shares the nectar, and that's what it is for us humans. We share nectar of our thinking mind. That's supported by the energy that we have. So, when we begin noticing what kind of messenger are we, what kind of hummingbird are we, then this shamanic tradition has let us know that everything is nature and we learn from nature. And before we can learn from the outside nature and all the plants outside, we have to find the nature within us and everything that we speak with integrity. That's why the ceremonies are so beautiful because they're an extension of the way of life that we live. And when we begin feeling The irritation, we begin feeling all the inspiration, the depression is because we are now at service. Something is calling us from within and we are that open channel. And that's why shamanism is a beautiful expression of, of service to life.
1: And what I found that was so interesting in the beginning of your book that I never knew before is the definition of shaman means to be awake.
0: Yes. It is like my stepmother used to say, you know, imagine everybody like they were your own children loving everybody, your children, and those people are sleeping. Most of those people are sleeping, but you're awake like a mother, you know, or a father that sees a child playing, they're playing make-believe, you know, it's not real. But are we doing is real too, you know? We take everything so seriously that we even become irritated that we lose our heaven because the illusion gets us. But when you know that everything is illusion, you can make the illusion very beautiful for people to come into the metaphor, come into the tradition to get learning about life to make up their own decision because imagination is more powerful than knowledge like Albert Einstein said, because it can break away from a dream of somebody else that gave this to us from our domestication. When we wake up, we cannot go back to sleep because now we have consciously the freedom. If we're going against ourselves, or we're not going against ourselves, are we feeding the wolf or we are not feeding the wolf? And this is the most beautiful part that leads us to responsibility. Once we're responsible, we know what service it is. And that's why I say we cannot go back to sleep because we wake up. We wake up what we're going to serve so we can become the corrupt shaman where we manipulate people and, and fight fake greed because we're not really working with ourselves. But the uncorrupt shaman is the one that works with itself, knowing that our life is the piece of art. My secondary character in my parents' mind, in my brother's minds, is not the real me, but the real me is the one that I have in my head. So if I take myself personally, and have personal importance, I want to rule that their heads with my character, not what they believe in me, what I believe in me, because I don't believe in me. But the moment that I believe in me, I let everything in peace. And this is what I imagine in one of my father's books that says, imagine you're the only super person in a room where everybody's completely drunk with other people's dreams, belief system. Because once we find education and we domesticate ourselves, we domesticate ourselves with things that inspire us that make us open our heart, Because here's the thing. Life is short. No matter if it's 100 years, when we wake up and we know we still have time, we don't want to waste it anymore. But of course, when we wake up, of course, when we have the light, the darkness is going to come. And it's common sense. And it's going to try to make us use it against ourselves. That's why no matter what level of awareness one has in shamanism, you know, the negativity is always there. That's why I always make a permit. life, protect me from myself. And here I go another day. But the thing is that I am honest about how I am. I'm honest what irritates me, what makes me unhappy, because that's a reality. You know? People can talk about freedom, but if they take that body and put him in a unfree country, people will see that they're not really free now from the outside. But they use all the excuses they have in within to not be free. So that's the important thing to really value what where we're at right now. And when we're valuing what we have right now, we wake up in a negative relationship with a dream that we don't like. Here's what I have to say to everybody. If you don't like your dream, if you don't like your life, you can change it because it's just an act of power to believe in yourself, to break the spell of an automatic way of life. And how many times do we make the excuse because we find the excuses why we don't leave it. And here's the powerful thing, our justification and excuses. Why not to live the life that we want to live? And we will find that we will manipulate ourselves emotionally with characters in our life as well and we'll disrespect them when we disrespect ourselves because if we're unhappy we're gonna take that unhappiness to them but when we're happy we take the happiness to them no matter how they think we were yesterday because forgiveness is not about those people forgiving us and begging for forgiveness it's to not repeat those things those way of act that we did in the past now or with the people that we will meet.
1: Feminist Hot Dog is back with a new season
0: packed with awesome interviews with icons, artists, innovators, authors, and lots of surprises. Whether you consider yourself a hardcore feminist or you're
1: feeling feminist curious, tune in Wednesday nights at 8 Mountain and get all the information and inspiration you need to live your best feminist life. Listen Wednesdays on Loudspeaker and Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, love yourself and love your buns. over here just beaming because I'm just resonating so much with your message and that I'm right now I'm in post-production of a documentary that we filmed and the message being as we go inside and do our work and as we heal then that healing becomes the gift that we give it's the concentric circles of healing then and it affects all of our relationships it affects how we show up in the world and helps
0: others to heal Exactly. we become the dream of the hummingbird and we're responsible of the message that we put out into the world. No more excuses. And the most beautiful thing about all of this sister, is that when we overcome ourselves, when we get our life right in the perfect moment for us, not for everybody else that we want to live, the little ones are watching. And the little ones, they learn not what we say to them or tell them what to do. They learn how we're living life because they mimic us, they reflect us, they look up to us and we don't even not aware of it. Like we look into the animals, you know, we look into life, to our elders the little ones are looking into us. So instead of wasting our weekends, hurting ourselves or not believing in ourselves, motivating ourselves from living our passion, we live our passion. We don't do things that hurt our bodies. The little kids will begin learning that, you know, and this is something that I really am seeing now. Like when I grew up in the 80s, and the 90s, you know, everybody wanted to party and like that. But right now, a lot of kids want to do yoga, want to eat healthies, you know, because that's what they see what the elders have been doing because it got split up. So this is one of the beautiful things that's happening in life. The world is waking up, even though people are saying, how can you say that because of this is happening right now in the world, it's happening to the country. No, the world is waking up because we don't have to tolerate for anything that it goes against life anymore.
1: Yeah, absolutely. During this whole entire time of the pandemic, even though I have so much compassion for what's going on, I agree with you. It's this wonderful unfolding of this new level of awakening and awareness that sometimes has to happen through these kind of catalysts where all the things that are unhealed come up. And and so we're, it's like we're doing this huge, the world is doing this huge purging right now. And my sense is moving more towards healing and wholeness.
0: Yes, I absolutely agree. We got put into spirituality one-on-one basic because everybody knows the metaphor about the worm that got into the cocoon and became butterflies. But actually, it's in those one-on-one lessons that we open our hearts completely. And in this pandemic, that's how I imagine, too, that we all got put into the cocoon. Our habits got broken, our automatics got broken, and we were there in our home with our loved ones you know, 24 seven, you know, going to the grocery market was the big highlight of the day. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but we begin to co-living, we begin to enjoy, we stop our time, why? So we can reflect our thoughts, so we can reflect ourselves. What is going on in this world? And especially seeing in the world reacting, it's time to grow up again. And now it's time to make peace, peace with everything. Respect every kind of life there is. Everyone to expression because everyone deserves to live their own life. And the voice is powerful. The boys would let us not go backwards. And what I mean backwards, you know, how many times do we need to be forgiven on a Friday? Confess everything we do so we can do it again and go confession again. Those times are over. It's time to live our truth. And like I said earlier, we all work for the same boss. So whatever we're doing, that's what we're supposed to be doing.
1: Don Jose, you continued the four agreements with your own book, The Fifth Agreement. What is The Fifth Agreement?
0: The fifth agreement is to be skeptical, but learn to listen. For me, it's not be skeptical in a social position, thinking that I'm more intelligent than anybody else. No, it's be skeptical of my own negativity, skeptical of my own lies. If I say I'm not perfect, I can never love again. I listen to my heart, not my brain, not my automatic, not my fears. And then I begin being skeptical of my own poison. It's the day, with imagination, I can describe it, it's the day when the scorpion stops stinging itself with its own stinger, and our stinger is our own words. So we begin using our own words to, the better off, so if our words are poisonous, let's hold it back, because holding back creates such power and respect, because we want to abuse our power. And this is what many people do when they have greed, they have all these things, they abuse their power because they're not happy. But imagine if the boss... The big energy, the divine mother, give us the responsibility. Okay, i give you all this poison because I know you can control your poison because you will not be corrupted by power. And this is where it comes to point. We will not corrupt our own word against ourselves or any other people anymore. Someday we have a bad day, but, you know, we see it. We take responsibility. Okay, I did it. I don't want to do it again instead of look, looking for excuses. But this, but that, but that because that will never end.
1: The power of the word is so huge. It's the words we speak and it's the words we tell ourselves.
0: Exactly. And this is when we become aware of what kind of messenger we are because we all are messengers. The question is what the message we give to ourselves and to the people that we love. This is why the fifth agreement is so powerful because it's like graduation of the Totec is when the apprentice becomes a teacher, but not to teach anybody else that he learned the lesson from life to be his own guide. Because now, when you're your own guide, you say thank you to your teacher. Because now you have the flame, the magic to pass it on to the next generations.
1: Well, and I know that something that you're really passionate about is really helping children to do this, to start seeing a different way being modeled. Like you said, you know, they, they see their elders doing yoga and they see their elders doing spiritual practice. And hopefully they start to see their elders speaking in a way that's speaking life, that's speaking love.
0: Yes, absolutely, because the teenage years are the most crucial years in our life, and it's like when Steven Adams, the drummer from Guns N' Roses, he said, you know, once that uh, teenagers, we're such bullies when we're that age, because we don't know what we're saying, we repeat things from our home, we repeat things from television, and we put it onto others, and that seed, you know, we carry it for all life, you know, I sometimes find these seeds that, that were put into me when I was that age, so... In one point I can say, I wish I can go back in time saying, Jose, you don't have to look for drama to become an adult, you know, because when I was young, everybody was dramatic or having problems, relationship problems. And that's what it meant to be an adult. I go, you don't have to look for that, Jose, you know, but it's too late for that. You know, I'm already living. But everything that I went through in those teenage years, even the addiction that I went through in, in growing up, I can speak to the young kids and say, you don't have to live that way. There's some other options. Because that is another part of our soul. So it's kind of helping ourselves through not different bodies because we didn't go through everything we went through in vain. We went through the University of life and we have a degree. Why? Because we survived it. Now we have the medicine and the medicine has become our experiences or like how the artists say. the experiences of life is the colors that we will paint in the canvas of now that we have in life. So in the canvas of now there's many little children looking up to us so the moment that we just shine our heart happy and see us see them how we are growing joking enjoying life that's enough because they have a mind of their own and they will create it because like my brother says when you make a circle and you finish a circle other people will finish the circle for them and the kids will finish definitely will finish their circle
1: so when you were that teenager what was a challenge that you faced and then we're able to overcome through practicing some of these traditions.
0: Well, I saw the addiction of suffering. I saw it clearly, especially going to through the, through the drug addiction world. I was a drug addict for crystal meth for like almost five years. And it was straight. So in that world, I saw many people, you know, in, in that world, especially the, the people who were, I call them demons, you know, I call them the negative people. They're only your friends when you tell them what they want to hear. The moment that you tell them things they don't want to hear, they can turn on you. And, I, and then I said, oh, my God, that is me. The moment that I see something that I want to see, I see it, but if I hear something that I don't want to hear, I react, I throw tantrum, I hurt myself, and this is how I saw the whole world. Even the people who were not in crystal meth or other substance, they couldn't control their own emotional poison. So this is where I found the rattlesnake medicine that everybody has poison But the master is how to control it. And that's one thing that I begin learning. And then I begin speaking to kids from different traditions, to different ways of life, kids who didn't have parents, you know. And I see, you know, the only thing we want to do is just love and be loved. And we're constantly in a defense mechanism of survival mode that becomes an antitrust. And that antitrust with other people doesn't make us trust ourselves, especially when we have wounds. You know, when we have wounds, like in, in that world, like I got a, a bunch of wounds because that's the kind of world that that brings. You step into that world of drug addiction, you step into the world of injustice of things happening to your body. And that happened to me. So I begin now, begin being loyal to the body that I was caring of being abused, of being hurt. And, and, and it was me doing it, permitting that. So it, it took me a lot of years in a relationship to notice, you know, that I was the love of my life because I didn't even want my body touched. I didn't want anything like that to happen. But then I begin having the, the awareness, okay, I'm not the only one here. You know, there's a lot of people who need this medicine, who are going to see what I'm going through. Some worse than others, you know, but the, the thing is suffering is suffering. And this is the thing that I'm sharing now. The world, it is expressing how it's in pain, because we express it And the moment that we can be there for ourselves. You know, it's like a cup that will begin overflowing. And uh, when the cup begins overflowing, that is our message. That is our presence. That it becomes contagious. So I know that whatever I went through was supposed to happen because it did happen. But now it's not happening anymore. I can be the victim of pulling that card every time. But that gave me the strength to really open my, my heart up to begin healing myself. And, you know, sometimes people say you know you're not like this you're not like that because that's a secondary character of their life but i don't believe them anymore because i can change and it doesn't i don't have the validation for other people or the forgiveness of other people is to heal in my own terms so i've been doing that my life and this is what this message of love of sharing my father's teachings and all this has brought me because the more i do it the more i'm serving myself and it makes me happy it makes me that that inspiration to give and this is the beautiful thing that I wish I could give to my old self, the Jose that was 15 years old when all this happened. But I can't anymore. But when I give it to the children or to young adults in their 20s or 30s, you know, people who are suffering in their marriage or you know hiding in their emotion or not letting their art out, I I'm speaking to myself, and there's no pulling punches or pulling the the love out. It's everything. It is how it is. And the more that we do this, it's like going from the mirror, saying, okay, this is it. I used to judge myself with this. Here it is. So that gave us the awareness to not judge ourselves any longer. And all of this spiritual work that we're doing, it is like the work of the mind. It's a spiritual kind healing. In my life, I've noticed that many people go to spirituality. It's like going to the hospital as a patient. But when you get to the hospital, you want to pretend to be the doctor. It's because there is no authenticity or there's ego. But the only that you want healing for spirituality, is not about being the chosen one on the pedestal? That's the fake road that leads you to the same thing again and again and again. But when you really want healing, you look at your whole life and you make peace with yourself. But you say thank you. Why? Because there's still life. There's still life. And that's why I love the movie, The Christmas Carol, because many people didn't believe that he could change, that Benicio Scrooge could change. But once he saw his future and his past and his present, he made a choice. So this is why I say to everybody, you have a choice to make, too. You can see your past, your present, and your future, where you're going, where you're at, and where you have been. If you don't like it, you can change it. Why? Because it's your life. You have power. And your word, it is your best ally. Because that is an extension of your temple. That's an extension of your word. Because all these cathedrals, pyramids, they're an extension. Of what we have secret, and that's our thinking mind. That's why when we go to church or to citadels or the pyramids, we go there with respect. We don't talk blasphemy. We're just there because why don't we do that in our heads?
1: Yes. To be there in our heads, to go with reverence and not to believe any of the negative conditioning that we've been fed, like you were sharing, like when you were fifteen, and to move into that place of love. And I'm really hearing that. Don Jose, that beautiful part of opening up to our own self-love and really focusing on healing through that love, through how we're seeing ourselves in our minds and in our hearts.
0: Yes, exactly, because this this is the whole point of meditating with the eyes completely open, you begin to see. So in my path of meditating with the eyes open, I've been giving the titles from Shaman, The Eagle of the North, Aswami. And all these beautiful traditions, but I know that this is just a beautiful gift from, you know, the teachers. But I know that i just another kid from a bad neighborhood that lost itself, that got another opportunity about life. And that's about spirituality. It's not about running away from our problems. It's about cleaning our home so we can enjoy our life and returning to the character that we really are, not a fantasy. And spirituality has become corrupted with many fantasies, obsessions, you know, that's why it's not taken so seriously. That's why like, Amachi says sometimes the fake gurus give the good gurus a bad name and especially the kind people, sometimes unkind people who just want to be there, you know, to exploit people, to hide behind their mask, you know, they're putting spirituality a bad name. But the thing I say to everybody is spirituality is everything that we do because it's spirit in action. Don't let anybody tell you That you're not spiritual because what you're doing, it is spiritual enough, especially when you want to serve the love of your life. That's the highest source of the Toltec, Why? Because we're serving Mother Earth. Even though I'm male, I carry a female body. Why? Because this belongs to Mother Earth, you know? You know, there's so many words for different genders, but I'm just life. That's all I know that I am. If I take everything story out, because many people ask me, what's the story of the Toltec of a thousand years ago? I go, I do not know the secret of the Toltec a thousand years ago because I was born in nineteen seventy-eight. I can become a puppet, I can become a great actor and play it out, but who knows if it's real. My integrity will not permit it. What I know is that I was born in 1978, that's why I reference mod, mod culture, you know, pop culture, because that's where I was born. And I can translate this to the little generations. And it's just beautiful because when you see everything's an art, everything is translatable because we're translators. We're spirit translators. We're not just only focused on one way of delivery. When we learn to listen to other people's minds, ideas, religions, beliefs, we can translate what we have in our heart because that's a true source of spirituality, that energy that finds the host. And our body is the perfect host. And when we say things, It will find the perfect host. Just like when I pick up the four agreements, I don't read a lot. But when I read that book, I read it in one sitting and I said to Father, Father, I know this information because I felt like he got it for me. He goes, of course you know it. He responded. Everyone knows it because it's integrity talking to integrity. And when you live in integrity, you cannot fool yourself. So this is the time of integrity that we're in. Mm
1: The part I'm wondering about too, you mentioned it before, the domestication. We go through this great domestication and part of this unfolding, I think people sometimes can get confused about our wild nature and how important it is to be in touch with that. And that doesn't mean that we're acting out and acting wild. Can you help define what that is?
0: Yes, the domestication, it is like rewarding punishment. How many times do we act a certain way to get the rewarding punishment? And then we lost ourselves. We sacrificed our own art. We even feel emotionally manipulated by our own heads. And that's the beautiful thing about growing up. No one's domesticating us anymore. We don't have to give permission to the people who, you know, say something to us and they're not even alive anymore. We can wake up, to reprogram our seal Because in the tooltakes, there's nothing to learn. It's to unlearn what takes our inspiration away. And if some important part of domestication, you know, takes our inspiration away, it's time to let it go. Because it's time to throw that dream into the river. And when we throw it to the river, the strong river would take it away. We cannot even see it. And we can get lost in the past. Look what the river took away. Look what the river took away instead of turning around and seeing what the river is bringing in today. And this is a beautiful thing about letting go of the ideas the thoughts, you know. If you feel like loving somebody, you know, go ahead and love somebody. You're not. Hurting yourself, you're not hurting yourself any longer. But if you don't begin loving that somebody, then you will begin hurting yourself. If you don't let go of a way of thought, you know, and that way of thought is hurting you, you're gonna be hurting all your life. But the moment that you let go of that thought, new thought's gonna happen. You know, like right now, the acceptance of how life it is. Everybody could have their own dream. Everybody could have their own life. Everybody could have their own heaven. We don't need to participate in the world of the gods. Only the word of God's happens because of domestication. My truth is better than your truth. My way is better than your way. My religion is better than your religion. My class is better than your class. But we're all life. And the moment that we know that we're all life, everybody deserves to be their life. And this is what I love about the 7 billion Buddhas. There was this monastery I went in Japan, and there were 500 statues of every living Buddha that has lived there. And he's a monk, of course, but every statue is different. Why? Because every statue made something different. They were not the same representative of Buddha because every statue finds something in their life that they could have contributed to the book of life. And this is what we are doing right now. We're not like right now in the dream of America, contributing all the things, this beautiful baby country. We're contributing other things from around the world, you know? Of course, there's going to be old dreams that don't want to let go. And this is the thing about what happens. When we don't want to let go of an old dream, is that we don't want to let go of the past. And all will create suffering. Why go back to a dream that didn't work that creates suffering? With awareness, we let that go. But if we have investment in it, we don't want to let it go because we think we're somebody. Who am I without this? And this is what we're getting the identity out of our heads. We wear the mask instead of the mask wearing us. And once we take the mask, we say, thank you for everything. The good moments and the bad moments, but I am free to go wherever life takes me now.
1: So to not identify with suffering anymore, to not have that define who we are, that we could actually live a life where we are more identified with
0: the love, with the flow. Yes, and, and even the people who do harm in this world, they're negative. If we see them clearly, they're asking for help. I see many people, world leaders out there and, and many people out there in the religious tradition too, going into war, going into battle, going to hate, but they're just asking for Help, you know, and and it doesn't go that way because of personal importance and ego. But if you look behind, it's like seeing a child when it does a tantrum is asking for help because it's suffering inside the head. It's asking for help. But if we take them personal, we will attack them. And now we're going to be asking for help next week, too.
1: One of the things I wanted to loop back to something that you were talking about just a moment earlier about showing up authentically. And not someone that you feel like you have to be when you were talking about wearing these masks, like not being the Toltec Indian from a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago, but really showing up authentically who we are, and that the the importance I think too of sometimes I think just like food or alcohol or drugs, whatever it is, we can use these things to really not be in who we are and I think part of what I heard you saying is even. We can use spirituality kind of as a spiritual bypass where we're not dealing with the love and who we really are. We're actually just dealing with thought constructs and it just becomes a mask. And so it's tapping into this deeper self and the divine within. In your tradition, what are ways in which we can begin this
0: inward journey? Well, it's the highest tool of the Toltec and the highest tool of the artist, which means respect. Respect for your own art and respect for other people's art. Respect for your own life and other people's life and everything else would follow. Because if we disrespect our own life, we're going to respect everybody else's life and art. We want to control them feel safe. But when we respect our art, we don't enable people outside of us because we respect their art and their art is beautiful. And that's the beautiful thing about life. You know, knowing that everything you create is beautiful and creating and, and it comes from your heart. It's a gift from your heart. It's like an offering to the temple. It's an offering to the altar. And that's the things that we do in Acts of Life when we have kindness to life is because, you know, we are very grateful to be alive. And we begin to see clearly beyond any head. So if there's somebody not nice, like I met the nicest racist the other day, they had respect, but I believe the conversation that we had let them uh, as a seed, why? Because I left a seed of kindness that contradicted his own belief system. But at the same system, he had the respect for me that he began to hear. And I remember when I was in my dream of addiction and suffering, when somebody told me things about addiction and I was still using, but little by little those words make, make me be aware to not use anymore. And little by little, I begin to unlearn. So that's why the power of authenticity is so powerful, the power of authenticity. It's so powerful because it's just you, and it's like the angels just show their faces truly, because everyone's an angel, everyone's divine, everybody's like Krishna, and Krishna doesn't appear to you when you're hiding in a room praying, meditating. No, Krishna appears to you when you're living life. So I begin praying to myself, and that's what an act of power it is when you begin answering your own help, and then when you answer your own help, you begin identifying how people are also asking for help, and this is when. We wake up and we cannot go back to sleep because consciously we wake up and we, if we put somebody down, we hurt other people, we're just doing, and this is what the world of the total is, for the wounded, for the wounded artists to come back and repair themselves, get strength so they can continue to do the art that we're born to be because all of us are in life for a purpose because we're contributing the dream of the mother. No different than a tree. We're all trees giving fruit, inspiring other trees gonna come next. And the beautiful thing is to be aware that we are alive. How many living things are not aware that are alive? We humans, we are aware that we are alive. That's the greatest gift. Many people are afraid to live, not to die. Death comes, and we. The powerful thing is to not be afraid to be alive. And that's why I said earlier. Could you imagine Mother Earth saying, "I give this to you because I know that you're responsible, that you will not corrupt power, and power is the power of the word, the impeccability to create," because The words are the foundation of any story.
1: This is such a beautiful message and I think so important for the times that we're in. Don Jose, wrapping up this beautiful interview, I just want to make sure, number one, that I I mentioned that the the book that I've been listening to of yours is The Medicine Bag, which is shamanic rituals Mm. and ceremonies for personal transformation and has been so inspiring. I'm constantly taking Uh notes. And want to start doing more of these kind of traditions, things with the full moon. What do you want to let go of and what do you want to bring into your life? Before we go, what is the essential message for you that you want to make sure that is shared with our listeners?
0: To let everybody know that we're on vacation and the vacation is like itself. And I would share a little story. Once I was in the airport and I lost a suitcase. And I was losing my patience. You know? I was losing my center. And then I asked myself, Jose, who's on vacation? You're the suitcase. The suitcase can get lost. But you're the one on vacation. You can get another suitcase. So I tell everybody, no matter what we lose in life, it's meant to be gone. We can recreate it again. We are on vacation. Don't let anything ruin our vacation. And our vacation is to be alive. So we can touch our skin, say grateful to the love of our life, which is ourselves. To see our families. Our loved ones, just to enjoy them. And this is the most beautiful thing when you begin enjoying your life. That's the most beautiful way to say thank you to the boss. That's the most beautiful expression of love.
1: It was such an amazing experience talking with Don Jose. The beauty of his heart shines through so clearly, and the importance of his message to all of us which is at the end of the day, we are all experiencing the same thing. We are all in this together and that there's a way to transcend this. As we start dealing with our own pain, as we start dealing with the messages that we tell ourselves and look at the words we're using on ourselves and the words that we're using with each other, just starting there, we can begin this beautiful process of transformation, which not only heals us, but then helps extend that healing out to the people around us, our communities, and our world. There is so much hope in his message. I felt so inspired as we were talking, just with the realization that again, the point of power for all of us is in the present moment, that we don't have to be victim to our circumstances, that we can choose today to make substantial change in our lives. We hold that power. And so as we start having those conversations with ourselves, as we start feeding the positive wolf, so to speak, as we talked about in the interview, that aspect of us that really is love, that really can start loving ourselves and then being a more loving presence in the world that this becomes the way that we're going to make change it starts within us and it starts within you remember the spark is your show too if you have questions feedback on the show or if you're going through something and need a little help we'd love to hear from you Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NoCo Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James.
0: This is Loudspeaker.